Welcome to Native America Calling, I'm Andy Murphy. Indigenous food and traditional foods are an important part of Native culture. During this holiday season, while so many of us are thinking about gifts for our loved ones, we'll take this hour to highlight Native food businesses because food as gifts is a very good idea, especially for the foodies in your circle. This is the menu on Native America Calling, our regular Native food show. We'll be back after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. St. George Island is an Alaska Native community that prides itself on its resourcefulness, but that was put to the test after its water system failed. The island is about 200 miles off the coast of Alaska. Only 35 people live there, and they were not able to drink their tap water for almost a month. It's been pretty murky. It's brown, even boiling. You don't trust to use it for washing dishes. Anastasia Kashaviroff says tribes and native corporations donated supplies of bottled water, which went fast. The public safety building did have water that could be used for cleaning. Kashaviroff says families had to haul five-gallon buckets to their homes to flush toilets and mop floors. This went on for several weeks as crews tried to pinpoint the cause of the problem. Finally, they tracked it down to a broken water line. When the city crew dug into the ground, they were shocked at what they found a clean break in the pipe that was right on top of a huge rock. The mayor of St. George, Mark Merkuliev, began to wonder if an earthquake caused the damage. One had jolted the island a few days before the water ran out. Although the cause of the break will likely remain a mystery, he says the community learned a lot from the experience. You know, you got to know the ins and outs of your systems here, and also to be able to, whether it's state agencies or federal agencies, be able to explain situations like that. The water system was up and running in time for Thanksgiving, but St. George still has to boil its drinking water until the lines are completely flushed out. Mary Peltola, who won a special election to cover the rest of the late Alaska Congressman Don Young's term, went on to become the first Alaska Native woman elected to Congress and now has become the first Alaska U.S. representative to be elected by ranked choice voting. Last week, when second choice ballots were counted, Peltola received enough to win the race and credits the new system of voting to her election. I am not liberal leaning enough. I think that at the beginning of the race in the special, there were two individuals that were really favored and chosen and it was their time was the feedback that I was getting from a lot of folks within the Democratic establishment. Peltola won with 54% of the vote, about 10% more than her Republican challenger, former Governor Sarah Palin. Proponents of ranked choice voting say the system helps to elect more moderate candidates and minorities. Peltola says she'll focus on Alaska priorities and will try to balance that with efforts to work on behalf of Native Americans. She says her election gets her a seat at the table, which puts her in a position to help tribes. Native American comedian and writer Janice Schmeeding switched gears ahead of her planned visit 
to the University of Oregon last week. KLCC's Brian Bull has more. Schmeeding had planned to do a day full of activities at her alma mater, but tested positive for COVID after landing in Eugene. I got it at a Smashing Pumpkins concert at the Hollywood Bowl, so <laughs> we'll blame the Smashing Pumpkins fans. Instead, Schmeeding did visits in a Be Indigenous Joy campus presentation via Zoom to keep people safe. She's a UO alum of the class of 2005 and has written and acted for two two native-themed series, Rutherford Falls and Reservation Dogs. Schmidian assures fans that her COVID case is mild, she's up on her vaccinations, and she's resting at her parents' place. I'm not suffering at all, and I'm well taken care of. My mom and my dad are really showing up for me. <laughs> Schmidian's relatives, including her brother, grandmother, and a cousin, appeared at the Tuesday event on her behalf. For National Native News, I'm Brian Bull. And I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. You've probably seen those car ads, low price, low payments, but when you get to the dealer, there could be a catch. If a dealer isn't honest when it comes to its car ads, tell the Federal Trade Commission at reportfraud.ftc.gov. Support by the Federal Trade Commission. Support for law and justice-related programming provided by Hobbs, Strauss, Dean & Walker, a national law firm dedicated to promoting and defending tribal rights for nearly 40 years. More information available at HobbsStrauss.com. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is The Menu on Native America Calling, our regular feature on Indigenous food and food news. I'm your host, Andy Murphy. The holiday season has officially started, and you're probably thinking about gifts for your loved ones. If you're like me and you love everything to do with the kitchen and pantry, a gift of food is the best. Native foods like cornmeal, wild tea, and maple syrup are a specialty, and there are actually plenty of native food companies out there that are making our traditional foods available for purchasing and gift giving. In this hour, I'll, I'll uh, talk with a couple of folks who are very familiar with dozens of native food businesses across the country. You can join us too. What native food businesses are you excited about? Do you have a question about native food and or where to get it? We're at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. Joining us now from Vernal, Utah is Latasha Redhouse. She's the Director of American Indian Foods, and she is Navajo. Welcome to Native America Calling, um, Latasha. Hi. Wonderful. It's so nice to, to hear from you. Hear you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you too. It's been a while. Um, uh, I think the last time we talked was uh, last year during, um, you know, when we were all uh, working from home and uh, everybody was uh, moving their conferences and everything over to uh, Zoom. <laughs> we, uh, you guys, you know, still held your um, uh, intertribal agriculture uh, council. 
um, conference online. Um, and, you know, I want to talk about that conference. It's coming up in just a bit. But um, I want to ask you first, Latasha, uh, can you just give us a, a definition of American Indian foods? Yeah, yeah, this is um, with my hat on of, of American Indian Foods Program Director. Um, American Indian Foods is just this um, amazing uh, celebration of our harvest or even just of our traditional teachings or culture. Um, it just, in, in the American Indian Foods Program, you know, we promote and market uh, various different products from um, raw commodity to value added. Um, so it's just really, really interesting to see how many different um, products are available out there. And so I, I, I feel like when we're talking about American Indian foods, it's just, again, going back to celebrating our traditional and cultural teaching values. Right, right. And um, this is uh, American Indian Foods is the name of the uh, program here. And it's like a, a hub for um, uh, individually uh, produced and tribally produced uh, foods and, and food business, right? Right. Yeah. Through the American Indian Foods, we promote any individually owned or tribally owned enterprises or companies um, that are have some some type of uh, agricultural related product. Um, so yeah, just uh, various um, products that are included within our um, producer list. Okay. All right. I'm looking at the website right now and you've got a, uh, a map here where you can, um, you know, click on, you know, a state and, and find foods that way. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about some of these, uh, businesses here. Um, you know, what, what are some of the newer, uh, businesses that have, uh, joined American Indian foods here? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I haven't, uh, I know there's several that have joined, whether they're cookies. Um, I think there was PT, um, PT Cookies. I'm, I'm probably not saying her name pro properly, but um, she will be at our annual conference that is coming up here in December. Um, and then there seems to be a few others. Uh, Osage Nation joined um, uh, with their, what is it, um, their, their meat side of the company. Uh, so yeah, we, we've uh, got over 200 producers that are on the producer list. Again, like I, I mentioned that there are some, some products that I was like, whoa, this is related to Native American and a Native American tribe. Um, for example, Passamaquoddy blueberries. Like I didn't know about blueberries um, being harvested and celebrated in, in such a way. Mm. Um, and yeah, so these are like just amazing things that I'm learning myself. Um, you know, I grew up learning about Navajo culture, traditions, and, and our foods. Um, but in this realm, I'm just learning about all of the, the amazing tasty goods that are available. Yeah, yeah. It just clicked on um, uh, New Mexico right here, and I see um, just Peachy Pueblo Biscochitos. Um, I've had those Biscochitos before, um, you know, here uh, they sell locally here in Albuquerque, and they are pretty delicious here. Um, you know, in this position, do you, you know, have access to like samples or, um, you know, do you get to, do, do you start uh, 
does your pantry just look different now that you know about all of these businesses? Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> although I don't uh, require samples or anything, but most of the time, uh, <laughs> our, our these companies are just so just amazing that they they want to share their product and they want to you know to to provide some kind of um, experience. And so they they will send samples, but but yeah, my pantry does look different. Like again, um, you can fill the tapioca beans, maple syrup, wild rice, um, a, a lot different than what I had maybe five years ago in my pantry. Um, knowing that there are all of these native products that I can support um, and consumers can support and really use their dollar to encourage this shift in the value chain um, is very, very important. And so, you know, just, just making sure that we provide, and that's why the, the producer directory, you mentioned that, the producer directory, which is on the American Indian Foods website, um, is so important so consumers can go and identify um, authentic native made products. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've, I'm really excited. I'm trying different things. Like, again, the Pueblo cookies are something that we've not tried before. And we're and the blue corn cookies, again, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have thought about making blue corn cookies. Um, I make blue corn pancakes, but yeah. um, that's just a, a needed value add that some of these entrepreneurs are developing. Um, and then also, like, our corn squash, we're always looking for local and regional um, producers or farmers that I can source from. Um, if I can source from a Native American, that's wonderful. But again, in, in my area, I, I don't have very many Native American um, farmers. However, I know just having a resource where I can look and see who I can potentially purchase from is just phenomenal. Right, right. Okay. Um, I just clicked on uh... Uh, Utah and there's a Ute tribal enterprise they have uh, bison I've had uh, bison jerky from there before and uh, there are plenty of um, uh, bison jerky um, you know uh, businesses on this list too um, you know, this is uh, the menu on Native America calling. Uh, we are talking about uh, Native food businesses because food as gifts are a really great idea. Um, definitely, you know, supporting uh, Native entrepreneurs out there, uh, supporting tribes out there. If you have a business you're uh, excited about, a Native food business, give us a call. We're at 1-800-996-2848. That's also one 800 Hundred nine nine native. So, uh, Latasha, you, Latasha, you, you were talking about, um, you know, uh, what, or, or you mentioned about, um, uh, like, uh, on the website, you can definitely find and and find these businesses that are native owned, um, and then there's this uh, uh, made and produced by American Indians. T tell us about that little, that trademark. Yeah, yeah. I like to boast that the made and produced by American Indians trademark has been around way, uh, way before USDA organic and whatever else trademarks were made available. Um, the made and produced by American Indians is, is the trademark uh, that I see proudly promotes. Um, it was developed in 93 as a way for um, Native American com food companies uh, and, and arts and crafters to um, signify that their product is um, authentic Native made. 
Um, and it was a way to protect against, you know, um, um, copyright issues or um, just, um, you know, just people claiming to be native or native inspired. Um, so this, this trademark is important that it uh, signifies that this product or this um, arts or craft is um, has been they've been vetted and they are approved users of this trademark and and um, for for food businesses that are listening or arts and crafts um, crafters that are are companies that are listening in on this on this um, on this call the way to apply is is pretty simple um, you submit uh, several different required documents including. Um, your uh, certificate of Indian blood or just some kind of um, proof that you are an enrolled member of a federally recognized tribe. Um, you submit that to us, we review everything um, and then uh, get you started. Uh, and the American Indian Foods Program is not just necessarily marketing and promoting, we also provide business development um, and provide resources that help each of the food businesses kind of Create that vertical growth, um, uh, helping them with uh, whether it's social media or marketing or just in general a business development plan. Um, we're happy to provide that um, be of that resource and to support in that way. Awesome. All right, um, we're, we're going to go to a break in just a bit, but this is the menu on Native America Calling, our regular show about Native food and food news. We're highlighting Native business today with uh, Latasha Redhouse, and we're going to bring in another person from the Intertribal Ag Council. So we'll be back. <music> Major Robinson's career includes designing park rides for Disney and Universal Studios. From there, he's worked on tribal building projects for tribes in and around his home state of Montana. Along the way, he's consulted with the Federal Reserve Bank and is the owner of a family-owned trading post. We'll talk with Major Robinson on the next Native America Calling. Local tribal museums are the experts of indigenous histories, cultures, and values with the tools to educate the public. On the first National Tribal Museums Day, on December 3rd, participating museums will offer no-cost admission, special exhibits, and live cultural demonstrations. Learn more at indian-affairs.org slash Tribal Museums Day. The Association on American Indian Affairs supports this program. This is the menu on Native America Calling, our special feature on Native food and food news. I'm your host, Andy Murphy. We're talking about giving Native food as gifts. Do you want to shout out to any Native food businesses? Join us by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. I'd like to bring in uh, Latasha Redhouse again. She's the director of American Indian Foods. Um, Latasha, uh, where could uh, folks go to um, learn more about American Indian Foods? Yeah, yeah. Um... We invite everyone to go and visit our website at www.indianagfoods.org. You can click our American Indian Foods Program um, tab, and that will take you to 
American Indian Foods, and you'll see a producer directory. Um, the producer directory is such a, an amazing um, resource for consumers and those that are wanting to support Native American food businesses or arts and crafters. Um, and then also, you can follow us on our social media page. Um, we have the Intertribal Agriculture Council on both Facebook and Instagram. And then we also have an American Indian Foods Facebook page where we share different um, recipes or we announce um, or spotlight our new producers. So you can definitely find us on, on social media. Uh, and then, I, I, again, I just encourage everyone to go and visit the producer directory, such an amazing resource. And if you're able to visit us in um, Las Vegas next week during our annual conference, there will be a place for you to um, visit with producers directly, directly um, and entrepreneurs and companies. Awesome. All right. I want to ask uh, about that conference in just a bit here, but um, I was uh, also looking at the website here. And um, just before the break, we were talking about the uh, Made Produced by American Indians trademark. There's also another trademark here. It's a uh, re re uh, regeneration. Yeah, the yeah, regeneration the still. What, what's that about? Yeah, yeah, the regeneration still is um, a way for us to, it kind of complements what, it, I don't want to say kind of, but it complements the American Indian Foods Program, our trademark, uh, in a way that it supports uh, producers or, or um, companies that are really um, passionate about regenerative, sustainable uh, type of um, production. Um, it really highlights the traditional ecological knowledge that is being used to um, grow food or, um, again, just provides uh, that whole land stewardship um, knowledge into their production and ag process. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, so, uh, okay. The conference. <laughs> All right. The conference, um, it's, uh, happening in the beginning of December, right? And you mentioned Las Vegas. Um, tell us a little bit about this. It's, there's like a trade show there. There's going to be a lot of producers, um, and, and a lot of these, uh, native food businesses there. Uh, there's also going to be uh, a whole lineup of panels. Uh, tell us about some of these, uh, panels and what people can learn from them. The, the conference itself is just an amazing event where you can network and gather um, just so much information and resources. Um, again, we cover several different topics um, that include economics, food systems, natural resources or conservation, um, production innovation, um, policy. Um, we did hear about the Farm Bill and how several of our uh, how IAC is uh, is one of the founders and partners in this current um, farm bill um, initiative and advocacy work. Um, and then, again, just the, the best part of it is we host a luncheon on Tuesday, the, the, the main day um, on Tuesday. Um, and that luncheon um, offers a plated dish that um, has a, just 100% native ingredients source from producers in our program um, and those that might be working directly with our technical assistance um, uh, specialist. Uh, so yeah, this, that's such a celebration. I think the luncheon is, is amazing. This year we have 
Mariah Gladstone as our featured chef, and she's put together a delicious menu that we can share with, again, just um, our community um, from, with partners and, and those that are just huge supporters of Indian ag. All right. Awesome. Um, I'd like to bring in from uh, Sacramento, California, uh, Kier Johnson-Reyes. Uh, he's a technical assistant, technical assistance director for the Intertribal Agriculture Council, and he is Osage. Hey, Kier. Hey, how you doing, Andy? Thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's exciting to talk about food. Anytime, you know, there's a chance to talk about food with folks, it's a um, you know, always going to be an exciting conversation. Um, but Kier, uh we're just talking about the the conference coming up. Is there anything uh else you'd like to highlight uh, about what's going on at the conference coming up? Well, uh the theme is really important to us this year and um this is our 35th year anniversary for Intertribal Agriculture Council. Uh, that um, is the overarching organization that um, both American Indian Foods Technical Assistance Network, Natural Resources Program, Youth, Pro uh, Youth Professional Development Programming, uh, Policy Government Relations, uh, all fit under. So Intertribal Agriculture Council's uh, theme uh, for conference this year is We Belong Here, which really highlights the decades of uh, resilience and grit exhibited by uh, our founders and all of the, the tribes that we represent uh, across the country um, in challenging systemic inequalities and barriers that native producers, uh, you know, have, have faced in U.S. agriculture um, and ensuring that native voices inform policies that, uh, that impact us most. So that's a, a really important tone setter for us this year that I wanted to highlight. Right, right. And, um, you know, uh, Latasha just mentioned the farm bill as well. Um, are you also focused on the farm bill here? Absolutely. Yeah. So the, uh, we have a native farm bill coalition, which is the coalition of, uh, tribes and, uh, Indian country entities, partners that, uh, is co-convened, facilitated and ran by intertribal agriculture council and a uh, number of partners. And, uh, we'll be highlighting a lot of the effort, a lot of the outputs of the effort uh, of a lot of listening sessions that have occurred throughout the country um, this last summer and prior. Um, so really our findings uh, at this year's annual conference, which is going to be really interesting because we've had dozens of these listening sessions uh, throughout the country. Uh, so we've got really strong feedback directly from our community, uh, communities across the country uh, directly informing the policy and advocacy work that the Native Farm Bill Coalition um, really advocates for. All right. And um, uh, are there, um, you know, for for uh, small entrepreneurs, um, uh, small business, uh, uh, business people, why should they care about, um, you know, maybe some of the policy changes or the advocacy that you guys are are uh, doing there, um, you know, for, for you know, the, the farm bill? Prior to the early 1990s, uh, when our, our founders uh, began advoc advocating formally uh, uh, through the, the legislative process uh, to establish the, the farm bill at the time, um, there was no mention of tribal producer or tribal community in this massive omnibus legislation that has all these impacts 
uh, across Indian country. And when we think of Farm Bill, uh, which is the kind of the term that's used uh, to describe the funding mechanism for USDA, uh, folks might think cow and plow and be very uh, kind of centered on that type of uh, production side of, of what's offered. But, you know, the nutrition title is the largest and most substantial uh, title of the Farm Bill that um, includes, you know, SNAP and, you know, um, commodities and a lot of these areas that have a lot of impact to Indian country. And so um, our work is, has really been about uh, giving voice to tribal producers, tribal communities in that uh, food and ag space uh, that um, is very well reflected, of course, in the Farm Bill and is the the, a major domestic piece of legislation that has a direct impact into our communities. And so um, we've done a lot of uh, strong leveraging of our, of our native voices uh, across the country through our Farm Bill efforts. Um, you know, when you think about um, everybody uh, needing to eat every day, of course, um, and the uh, history of um, the commodity uh, program in, in the country, in Indian country, when you think about um, nutrition programming, you think about um, localizing food systems um, and, and the efforts uh, that are, are going on every day in our communities to help to bring uh, better access to local foods um, and locally produced and traditional foods. Um, there's a lot of connectivity, uh, you know, that, that can be found in that USDA Farm Bill. Um, so it's, it's a very important piece of legislation, and we feel very grateful to have made such amazing headway um, in, in recent years. In the 2018 Farm Bill, we were able to secure 63 tribal-specific provisions in the, in the Farm Bill. So that was a, a major feat, and this next Farm Bill that's coming up here 2024, we're definitely hoping to, um, to build on those amazing successes. All right. Um, yeah, we, we produce. We uh, did a show on the farm bill a couple months ago, and um, uh, a guest we had on mentioned there were already like more than a hundred, a <laughs> hundred proposed, um, you know, changes to policies in the farm bill, and um, you know, be uh, interesting to you know learn more about it and how how many of these. Um, you know, policy changes, these suggestions for the this upcoming farm bill would make it through and how that could possibly change, um, you know, uh, uh, food in Native America and uh, food production from uh, businesses in uh, Native America here. Um, so, uh, Kier, um you're, of course, you know, going to be at the conference in, in uh, Las Vegas, and there's going to be this whole trade show. There's going to be a lot of producers there. Are there any uh, native food businesses or producers you'd like to shout out to or highlight? Well, um done a fair amount of work over the years with, uh, with Pika Hills out here in California. Okay. Uh, they're a tribal food company of the Yochidihi Wintun Nation, and um, they have a very sophisticated cold press olive oil facility mm -hmm. um, outside of Sacramento and make top-notch olive oil. And they also uh, have a lot of value-added products, nuts, uh, packaged nuts. Uh, they've got um, jerk um, and do fresh uh, vegetables as well. Um, but they've been an active participant in American Indian foods for years. Uh, 
Satoshi has worked with them directly and um, been a part of some of the, the export work that they've done. Um, so I'd like to hi highlight them. Um, let's see, they come to mind initially, but yeah, there's there's a whole lot of amazing uh, you know, companies out there. Of course, you mentioned at the top of the call, uh, my tribe, uh, you know, meat products that they're uh, working uh, to, to really highlight. They've um, uh, invested, uh, you know, millions of dollars in a, in a top-notch uh, meat processing operation uh, there um, in Hominy, Oklahoma, and are providing a, a really nice uh, set of uh, services uh, locally there as well as a great set of products. Um, you know, American Indian Foods has, for years, um, really uh, had a lot of participation in, in seafood. And so there's some phenomenal um, seafood producers uh, from the Northwest as well as uh, up into Alaska. And um, their, the quality of their products is, is really unmatched. It's phenomenal to, um, and they have a lot of, um, you know, canned goods and packaged goods that can be uh, chip stable. So that's, that's a really wonderful holiday gift and I'd like to highlight as well as looking at our seafood companies. Yeah, yeah. I haven't um, uh, gotten anything from uh, the seafood companies, but definitely um, maybe want to try it this this time around. Uh, so, you know, there there are, um, you know, all kinds of, uh, you know, um, you know, there's a variety. There's, uh, you know, all small businesses. There's one making just biscuitos. And then you got these like big, um, you know, big giant uh, companies that, you know, takes the whole tribe to run. Uh, you know, how, you know, when, when we are, uh, when we are supporting uh, native food business, you know, how does that, how does that money kind of trickle into different areas of, of our tribal communities? Oh, there's, there's so many different ways. When you think about localizing uh, healthy and, and locally produced foods, uh, there's all the impacts that come to the individual family um, just by gaining access uh, to, to higher quality food products. Um, there's the workers at the processing uh, facilities. There's the producers themselves. Um, you know, the, the, the resources that uh, come into a native-owned food business um, turn over in that community um, many times, and, and that just uh, has an exponential impact on the community. So it's a really um, important um, idea and concept that I definitely want to encourage listeners to, to, um, to sign on and, and, and help to support, um, to vote with our dollar in Indian country and to support our, our native-owned uh, food businesses uh, that are represented in American Indian Foods Program and, and beyond. Right, right. And, um, you know, definitely just feels, uh, you know, feels, um, it adds another layer of, uh, you know, specialty, I guess, to uh, something from a tribal business, from a, a native entrepreneur, you know, it just kind of feels different. It feels, you know, better, um, you know, for me personally, when I buy uh, some of these foods and, um, you know, just like uh, Latasha was uh, mentioning in the beginning, you know, her pantry looks a lot different, you know, now that, you know, we know about, she knows about uh, these 
different uh, food companies out there. It's the same for me too. Uh, my pantry looks uh, different as well. I always get uh, maple syrup from, uh, you know, the tribes that are producing them. And I always have wild rice on hand. And I never, you know, I never, you know, had these items, uh, you know, a couple years ago before uh, I knew about these companies and their ability to ship uh, foods down here to, uh, you know, Albuquerque to my home. Kira, uh, does your uh, pantry look different as well? Absolutely. It's uh, wonderful. i got three small children and just being able to raise them on the diversity of, of vending countries to food products is, is such an honor. It's a blessing. And, you know, I, when I give talks, I, I talk about the difference between going to, you know, a local fast food establishment and, you know, one of our food products and, you know, thinking about the history, the culture, the right. connectivity, the impact uh, that that really places our products on a completely different level than anything that's out there in the market. You know. All right. Hey, Kier, sorry about that. We're going to go to a break right now. We'll be back. Support for the menu comes from Spirit Mountain Roasting Company, a small batch specialty coffee roaster located on the Fort Yuma Quetzon Reservation. Information and online ordering at spiritmountainroasting.com slash news. Make sure your holiday checklist includes avoiding the latest holiday scams. Scammers count on you being too busy and distracted to pay attention, so visit aarp.org slash holiday scams to get up-to-date tips on the latest scams. AARP supports this show. This is The Menu on Native America Calling, our special feature on Native food and food news. I'm your host, Andy Murphy. We're talking with folks from American Indian Foods and the Intertribal Agriculture Council today, and we're highlighting Native food businesses. Do you own a Native food business? Tell us about it. We're at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. Uh, we have Kira Johnson-Reyes with us, Technical Assistance Director for the Intertribal Agriculture Council. Uh, Kira, we were just um, uh, before the break talking about, um, you know, supporting Native business. Uh, go ahead and finish your thought. Oh, just, yeah, the impact is, is just uh, felt so much deeper um, by voting with our dollar and really um, channeling uh, those resources into our communities through the support of tribally uh, made and produced food products. And so um, the, giving that as a gift um, provides a, a, a sincere acknowledgement that um, that Indian country was thought of uh, in that gift. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing to be able to share. So we're really grateful to be able to be here today to, to talk about these phenomenal uh, Indian country produced uh, products um, that are available for the holidays and, and to be incorporated into into um, you know daily cuisine, so to speak. There's there's just such a a wonderful diversity of, of products that are reflected in that American Indian Foods program. Yeah, yeah, and it's a it's a good way to you know like explore flavors from other tribes. I mean, um, you know, we're all connected on social media. We've got uh, friends, you know, from different tribes and and uh, different parts of the country. And it's always just like really interesting to you know buy um, buy something uh, a food product like um, you know wild rice from the Great Lakes area and bring it down here and 
have, you know, just that little bit of experience, um, you know, experience a little bit of their culture and, um, you know, and, 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 you know, finally get to, uh, taste, you know, what, uh, what all their stories are about and what, uh, you know, their culture is surrounding. Um, you know, it, I, I love, you know, just having those kinds of, uh, experiences when I'm, when I'm eating, um, traditional foods from other tribes. Um, uh, here there are, uh, you know, of course, you know, we're talking about the American Indian foods. We're talking about, you know, there's so many of these businesses out there. Um, how is this a, is this a trend? Is this, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, a, a, a highlight in, native food business um how, how has the the trend been you know the uh from you know a decade ago to now what's interesting is what we've seen in, in the technical assistance program uh is just the a sincere uptick in inquiries and interest uh directly from tribal governments and uh, departments uh, in really fortifying and growing uh perpetuating their their food systems, uh, especially uh, in response to the pandemic, which we all know really just sh uh, showed a, a major spotlight on already existing issues uh, throughout Indian country, but that were exacerbated. Um, you know, we were part of many conversations where food access was, you know, even, even more diminished. Uh, and we were on calls with uh, our partners in, in Washington, D.C., uh, the uh, USDA Office of Tribal Relations, uh, trying to identify opportunities and resources at that juncture. I mean, it was pretty dire. Um, and, and so in response to that, and with the watershed funding that's come down, um, we, we've seen a whole lot of infrastructure, agricultural infrastructure development, um, which includes processing and positioning tribal communities to move into more value-added production to capture more of that um, more of that dollar, so to speak, to bring back to their communities. Um, there's also been a, a greater emphasis placed on, um, you know, really localizing food systems and uh, tribal producers um, reimagining their own business models uh, to, to do less um, kind of like off-reservation um, kind of sales and, and really bringing things into um, more of local impact framing. So that's that's been really amazing to see, and um, and then tribal governments being uh, much more respectful and responsive of um, what tribal producers do on a daily basis uh, for their communities, and you know they're spending their money locally. Uh, they're providing uh, amazing products and um, you know finding ways to um, do direct uh, support and direct sales from tribal producers has been really neat to see uh, more of happening. So those are some areas. But yeah, the pandemic sure did kind of supercharge things. Our, our inquiries across the board um, really, really took a, a major uh, upturn, um, you know, during that period. And we really uh, retooled ourselves. Intertribal Agriculture Council um, really needed to get responsive to you know, going online and, you know, holding uh, webinars and you know, getting very um, 
specific on the types of uh, remote assistance we could offer, but also being very um, reflective of the fact that there's a lot of uh, communities that um, don't have stable internet access. And so we needed to ensure that our, our folks on the ground could provide direct assistance to, to folks that weren't uh, able to maybe make different webinars and things like that. So that was important to us during this time. Right, right. And you mentioned a uh, technical assistance program. What, what, what is that? So yeah, direct the technical assistance network. It's a network of uh, technical assistance specialists across the country. Uh, they uh, serve in each of the BIA regions of the country. Um, we, we've kind of expanded beyond that, uh, that exact uh, regional map uh, as we've grown, but that's uh, loosely we've got folks uh, in each of the BIA regions that provide direct assistance to tribal producers and tribal governments who are actively engaged in agricultural production and uh, to provide um, support in identifying USDA resources and services or supplemental resources to help to, to grow their operations. And um, the American Indian Foods Program Technical Assistance Network uh, work hand-in-hand -hand together. Um, the American Indian Foods Program is really the realization of um, a lot of those uh, technical assistance efforts uh, to help to grow tribal food businesses and to help, you know, maybe with more of the beginning farmer and rancher uh, side or folks that are seeking to expand to maybe consider moving into value-added production. Um, and then those that move to that next level of, you know, establishing a food business and a set of products, now that's when American Indian Foods uh, really, like no one else, comes in and can provide that direct assistance to help to, to bring a, a food travel food business to that next level. Yeah. All right. Cool. And um, uh, of course, we have links to the Intertribal Agriculture Council and American Indian Foods on our website, nativeamericacalling.com. And um, I'd like to bring Latasha Redhouse back in. She's the director of American Indian Foods. Uh, Latasha, we were talking about uh, just kind of like the growth uh, of um, native food businesses. And I've definitely seen that too, focusing on, on you know, this whole native food movement for the last, you know, six, seven years. Um, the entrepreneurship side of this movement is really really exciting and it's moving pretty fast right now and uh you mentioned a while ago about international trade is that something that is also starting to grow i, I saw you guys were at uh, australia um a couple couple months ago <laughs> yes our um international market specialist Brittany beck um attended or participated in the first like inaugural Indigenous to Indigenous trade um, event. And that was just an amazing experience for her. She also just returned from um, a USDA foreign ag service hosted trade mission in Southeast Africa. We also took one of our uh, members from Red Lake Nation um, and they, they were able to tour and really get a good idea of the market while they're in person, which is very, very valuable as opposed from sitting in the U.S. and trying to do research on a market. Um, so it was a great experience for them both. Um, and I think they found some great opportunities and, and market of op uh, markets um, that they could explore. Um, but yeah, we uh, support um, companies that are interested in exporting their products. Um, we work directly or in partnership with the USDA Foreign Act Service. 
um, we receive market access program funding to support our export um, services uh, that we provide to producers. So um, it's it's been growing. Um, you know, right now at the conference, we're bringing Thailand buyers uh, for a trade mission, um, and they'll be meeting with some of our uh, participants there. I think we have eight uh, eight companies that will be participating in this. In, inbound trade mission um, and you know again they they're wanting to explore um, and what these opportunities are looking like outside of the US um, and it's great because then we are able to share our culture and our tra traditions and our foodways outside um, and, and celebrate it on a global level um, it's, it's really cool that we are able to talk with some of these these uh, these people from like Thailand or, or uh, Japan um, and share like uh, information about our culture and, and they love it. They want to support Native American agriculture. They want to support Native American companies. Um, and their excitement is just, is, is really great. When, when you share that you are of Native American or you're Native American or um, these are Native American businesses, it's just super exciting. And they have stories that they tell about like, oh, they brought their family over one summer and they drove through a Monument Valley on the Navajo Reservation, or, oh, I went fishing with um, some groups in Alaska. So it's just a, a really neat, neat thing that we're seeing in this, um, seeing how everything's transforming post-COVID. Um, and then now that we tie in, you know, the modern technology like um, e-commerce, it's just making it more easier for consumers abroad uh, to become more familiar with Native American um, products. So yes, I've, everything seems to be transforming um, pretty quick, quickly, uh, and and that's that's great, great for our companies, and and you know we're here for them to support whatever avenues they want to take. Mm, that's exciting. Um, what do you think uh, is um, you know where where do you think all of this is headed? Um, how do you see uh, changes coming in the future? I see us um, having our own aisle in these larger grocery stores i mean we see asia um uh, asian and then um italian pasta whatever it'd be awesome if we were able to walk into a costco or walmart where there's a whole end cap or something that was specifically american indian foods or native american foods um we wouldn't um need to you know just utilize the american indian foods program map of our, our producer directory um you know, we can, we will be able to, to know these different companies by name. Like we know um, these larger meat packers, we should be able to list off the, the amazing huge packer or meat companies within Indian country. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like there's, there's huge change coming. There's, there's a lot of equitable movements um, that are, that are increasing. Um, uh, and so, like that advocacy work is important. So I think we're we're seeing huge transformation now, but I think we're we're going to see huge changes soon. All right, all right. Let's go back to Kier. Uh, Kier, what do you see in the future, or what do you hope for the future? Uh, definitely share a similar vision uh, to what Latashi was sharing there. I do think that you know we're we're really reaching a point where uh, there's a, a strong alignment across um, a lot of the communities that we work with uh, that 
for prioritization of uh, locally produced uh, foods and and really um, utilizing agriculture and food systems uh, within our communities as uh, a, a diversification uh, opportunity uh, for economic development is going to be more and more realized. Um, there's so many opportunities um, for tribal producers uh, to to really be at the, the forefront of helping to build more healthy and resilient communities. And so I just uh, see a future that's going to um, better and better align with um, increasing access to those uh, local uh, native made and produced food products, um, bringing them into our tribal programs, bringing them into, um, you know, uh, uh, elders uh, and nutrition programs, youth programming, um, and really closing loops uh, within our communities. So instead of being so reliant or dependent upon external uh, programs or um, you know, mechanisms to bring in food, it's going to be about um, increasing our sovereignty ultimately to produce more locally and to uh, have more tribal governments align with the uh, Priorities of producers uh, who are out there every single day, um, you know, putting putting food on on the plates of of both native and non native communities across the country. So, um, you know, with what we're seeing um, of late, we're seeing just this amazing uh, upswell, and and we're really excited to to help to support uh, a greater a greater growth of um, of these efforts, uh, both. Uh, you know, domestically and internationally uh, as we move forward. Got it, got it. And uh, as we're closing out here, where can we find Intertribal Agriculture Council? So uh, sign up. there's a great opportunity to sign up for our mailing list uh, at indianag.org uh, and follow us on social media. Uh, you can find all the information uh, and the links down at the, the bottom of our website on the home page. And... You know, you get a special letter uh, from our executive director, Carrie Jo Lawrence, um, really highlighting the work. Um, and, you know, there's all sorts of work that we also do in youth and professional development um, to support the next generation native farmers and ranchers. And so awesome. that all can be found at IndianAg.org, as well as the links into uh, American Indian Foods with the, the phenomenal resources there. All right. All right, cool. Thank you so much. That was uh, Kira Johnson-Reyes, and we also had Latasha Redhouse from American Indian Foods. I'm Andy Murphy. This Native American Heritage Month, remember, one in three Native American adults have high blood pressure. Check it at your nearest community health center. If the numbers are above 120 over 80, talk to a healthcare professional. Native community well-being is very important. You can take action by visiting heart.org slash hbpcontrol. This support provided in partnership with HHS slash OMH and HRSA under cooperative agreements CPIMP 2112-27 and CPIMP 2112-28. Healthcare.gov, 1-800-318-2596.
in the centers for Medicare and Medicaid services. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davids. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.